if you invited me, hey, on Saturday night, do you want to come to the drive-through for a, for a, for a client appreciation Dodge Caravan, such and such, bring blankets, do whatever, this we're screening whatever, I'd go. And I'm not yeah, saying that right? you're also solving my problem. <laughs> on this episode of Coffee with Jason, we're talking the experience economy and what value it can bring to your customers. We'll talk about how to make lasting memories and lasting buyers. Make sure you tune in to the rest of the episode to find out how. But first, a word from our sponsors. For freshly brewed discussion on automotive sales and marketing, this is Coffee with Jason. The Coffee with Jason podcast is sponsored by Closer's Coffee. For that full-bodied, rich, sweet flavor with a bright acidity. Drink Closer's Coffee, stay caffeinated, and keep on closing. Find out more at closerscoffee.ca. Hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? It's Jason Harris here with Digital Dealership Solutions. Hey, thanks for joining another episode of Coffee with Jason. Today, I have my guest, Mosley Williams with Strategic Consulting. Sir, thank you so much for taking the time to come jam with me today. I really appreciate it. Nice to see you, Jason. Hey, uh, for everyone out there that don't know kind of who you are and, uh, you know, what you've been doing in the industry, if you can kind of give us that two-minute origin story, that'd be awesome. Sure. Um, I am a business consultant and I work with small to medium-sized businesses on strategy, business plan implementation, and then innovation around customer experience and design. I've been, I'm a certified experience economy expert and I've been working as a consultant for over 20 years, author and a blogger and a speaker. Awesome. Awesome. And your passion for automotive, how did that get started? No, I hate to be a generalist. It's like, come on, I'm a, I'm a boy. It got started by turning about six. If I, if I think about it and date myself, I think the first coolest thing I ever saw in my entire life would be like a little TR6, you know? Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. And I can remember in 1979, walking through the high school parking lot to my grade school, and there was a Z28, and it was white. And sort of orangey, had orangey like, you know, detailing stripes. I I just, you know, in that age when you can't figure out why your dad doesn't have one. Man, why are you driving one of those? (laughs) Have a driveway full of those things. That's what I'm going to do when I'm grown up. (laughs) I loved, uh, sincerely though, I love cars and uh, not even because like just totally a a random coincidence. The last two days I've been researching um, the Porsche driving experience vacations right on their website. I've actually done one. Oh, I'd love to hear all about it. I'm it, looking- is, it is so much fun. Now, I just did the one day thing. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, yeah. do, I didn't do the bigger long one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but boy, boy, they, they really know how to, to show off what those vehicles really do. I don't think a lot of people actually necessarily understand from a design perspective and an mm-hmm. engineering perspective what they're physically designed to actually go do on a regular basis. And it, it is something else. The, the professionals, the, they're so professional. The drivers were amazing. Actually, mm-hmm. the driver that was, um, that was training us was a part of their GT3 uh, series. So, you know, literally the weekend before he just got done in a GT3 race, you mm-hmm. know, and this, this is what they do when they're not actually racing. They're coming out and doing these events and it, oh, it was cool. It was really Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Talk Love about it. creating user experience, which is actually a good segue into what we were going to talk about, right? Really trying to create a user experience and talk about a brand Porsche, not only creating user experience, but really creating a lifestyle around the product and the brand itself. That's right. You know? For sure. And Which it, is it, really, you know, I don't know anyone. It would be a very nice thing. But obviously, increasingly, when we buy things, what we're asking in terms of, you know, 
not measuring the value, the value that this, whatever it is brings to your life. Increasingly, we ask ourselves, who does this, what does this thing, who does this thing help me become? And Porsche definitely with that, they, they've got a nice little brand there. And the tours that I'm looking at are the um, go driving for three and five days through various parts of Europe, you know, the Black Forest, the south of France, Greece. That's so cool. Swiss Alps. So I, I was I was literally looking at it yesterday and this morning. So, yeah. And talk about an experience, right? Extending yes. beyond the car, beyond the servicing of the car to truly an immersive experience with some escapism and some aesthetics, some education. It's not even as much as the drive is a big part of it. So is the hotel you're staying at and the, the you know, the, the sites that they're, that you're seeing along the way, it's going to be really fantastic. And I'll point out, I'll point out, it's something that every car dealership could do. No, no, a hundred percent. Right. And I actually think that kind of gets into what we're, what we're looking to talk about today is that the value as a dealership, the value that we bring to the consumer has to exceed the value of just the product and service that we sell. That's correct. That's what really like, what is the experience economy? And that's, that's what it is, what the experience economy refers to. And I don't want to get too nerdy on this, but I think for the benefit of your audience, I should, I should make something really clear. Yeah. I didn't invent the experience economy. The term, the experience economy, was uh, for, I first heard about it when I read the book, The Experience Economy, written in 1999 um, by, I beg your pardon, published in 99 by Joe Pine and Jim Gilmore. Mm -hmm. Experience economy is as real as the industrial economy or the agrarian economy or the service economy. 100%. It's a real thing. And what, what they argued, these two gentlemen in this book, was that there is a fundamental shift in the very fabric of the modern economy. And that as a consequence, there's a new predominant economic offering. And what that offering is, is this experience. Mm -hmm. Experience itself. Now, this is really important. Lots of times people assume that what that means or they're referring to is the experience of great service. I had a salesman at this dealership. He was so fantastic. I told him my name once. He knew it and used it. He wasn't pushy or she wasn't pushy. And they knew lots of great questions and they showed me great things. He was so fantastic. That is the experience of great service. And while that's wonderful, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is experience as its absolute own separate economic offering. Yes. And so in terms of we bring value that goes beyond, it's like, yeah, if you look at cars, right? So I, I can I confess this on the internet? It lasts forever. Well, here it goes. <laughs> Although you'll be shocked to find out, Jason, <laughs> I'm actually almost 48 years old. Breathtaking. I know. Nobody believes it. I don't believe it. I assure you it's true. I can remember in my lifetime that you could buy a car and that car could just be a terrible product. And we called that car a lemon. And it was just an accepted thing. It happened. Yep. It happens. Yep. And we would say things to each other that made no sense. <laughs> well, you know, you never want to buy a car made on a Friday. Like, like you can tell? Do they want a sticker on them? <laughs> but if you look at what happened, that was in the, let's call that the 70s. Well, mm -hmm. I don't want to, we've already flattered one brand. Let's not, let's not bring anybody into this discussion without getting their permission. Let's just say... All cars are really good cars right now. 
and all kinds of warranties. Like I, you can buy a car that goes 160,000 kilometers before it's going to lose the new car smell. Like cars are amazing. So in the service economy, when cars became commodities, that's what leasing is. Yep. Leasing is you're not actually buying the car, you're buying the right to drive it. There's a big difference there. You're only paying for the, the time that you have it. In the service economy, what happened is all goods became commodities. There mm-hmm. was a time where if you bought a certain kind of car, you were crazy. <laughs> but now it's like, you know what? All of these brands that make a product in the X number of dollars to X number of dollars, let's just pick called like family economy car. They're all awesome. Every oh, no. single bloody one of them is great. And they're going to go years before they let you down. So 100%. now, how do you, as a, as a, so, okay, so that's the what is experience economy. Mm-hmm. How does it differ from service? It's serv- it, it, it differs this way. Service is about saving customers time and money. It's about making things efficient and easy, which is great. So here's an example of something dealerships do that's really wonderful. They come, they'll drive you to work when you drop your car off to have it fixed. <laughs> here's a great example of a service, right? Okay, an experience is different. An experience is about creating time well spent. It's about what, if you will, Porsche is doing by offering you, we will guide you on a three to four day, five day trip through an escapist area you don't live in. Come to Iceland, come to British Columbia and and do that big loop that runs you up from Vancouver. I looked this morning, it's pretty fast. Yeah, I can price the whole thing, tell you the size. (laughs) So what that does in experience, though, is it extends the time the customer has with the brand and it helps kind of transform them into somebody else. If I do this one in, you know, the south of France, I'm a cosmopolitan, chic (laughs) tourist with my lovely wife ripping through the south of France. As I said to you a few minutes ago, there's absolutely nothing preventing a dealership in any town anywhere from creating this exact same experience. Yep. You could be looking up all your clients whose leases are coming up. Say, hmm, what does the driver of X kind of vehicle typically move to? Do they move into the same one again? Do they upgrade one? Do they sometimes want to move to an SUV from a car? And if they do, is there anything we can do to create time well spent for them, to get them into the dealership, to get them in a car? Can we organize a tour that they would pay for the customer? It's no different than Chrysler dealerships, you know, organizing their own, you know, Jeep gatherings and, you know, going out and off-roading with their clients. You know? Absolutely. You, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tender one for me. So parked in my driveway, every Jeep dealer in Ottawa is about to go nuts. <laughs> oh, no. What my phone's got? in my wife's name. <laughs> I drive, uh, it's the second Wrangler I've had. It's got See, a- you're, you're a story collector. I, I mean, come on. I, let, let's talk about the Jeep Wrangler because I was literally just a buddy of mine picked me up from the airport the other day with one. And mm-hmm. uh, we're driving down the highway doing about 120 kilometers an hour and the hood's jumping up and down about two and a half inches. It's just going... Part of the charm. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, dude, like something's wrong. Like pull over, let me fix this. He goes, nah, it's a Jeep thing, man. Don't worry about it. Like, what? Wait a second. I can barely hear the words that are coming out of your mouth right now. All right. Your hood is jumping up and down two and a half inches. You have two cracks all the way along the side of your window. You're like, like oh, but it's good. It's good. Absolutely. I I drive a Jeep. Yeah. He's probably had it forever. 
Oh yeah. yes, yes. But that's the story, right? It's just I find it your your Jeep owner and kind of similar thing to the Porsche thing as well, right? So mm-hmm. as consumers, we're buying stories before we're buying necessarily the products. And what is that? What does that product mean to me in my own narrative? Mm-hmm. And I think so. You know, experience can be four things. Okay, mm-hmm. so sometimes experience is fun. <laughs> so to your point. How many people, and I'll get off the Jeep thing, but how many people drive Jeeps and never take them off-roading? Oh, so many, so many. I I joined a club. I had a Jeep. (laughs) My first ride, I watched the guy in front of me. They had a trail marshal telling me what to do, and it was like going into outer space. I had absolutely no idea that I was driving a Sherman tank. I had no idea. (laughs) It's been a love affair. You know, I've had two. I'll drive them forever. They're fantastic. Now, there's another experience, though. So what if you're a dealer... And you don't have an exciting car. You just have a car people need, a good car. Sure. Just a good, like, oh, man, this is a, you know. A Hyundai Elantra. Well, if you're going to bring them up, I will let you know the two. I bought a Honda, Hyundai for the first time ever. I swear <laughs> I to God, I bought my mother-in-law a Hyundai, a, a Tucson. There you go. Okay. You're re- so this is exactly what I'm talking about. Get, okay, get so you to point A to point B. Yes. So here it goes. So aside from the fact that I drive a Jeep and I am a car nut, I am going to go to Europe and let Porsche drive me around. They're not giving that away. And I'll tell you something else. I love a nice ride. Yes. But what I love is cars. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Julie is my mother-in-law's name. She's never going to see this blog probably, but she's a love. <laughs> I'm going to so tag her on the bottom. <laughs> pick up this car and I have to, and I've got to sh- shuttle it around in the driveway out there, move some <laughs> things around or what have you. Okay. I get in the damn thing. I own it. I've never even lo- looked at her. She, <laughs> she said it was great. I was happy. Like, okay, good. My wife did all the homework and like, this is a whole other story. We'll buy in the car. Yep. You want to talk value? My wife's a grade school teacher. She negotiated the entire deal and she negotiated the deal with the salesman while she held her iPhone open to the auto trader in her hand. Yep. <laughs> How much wiggle room have you guys got out there? Not a whole heck of a lot. This nope. car comes home, it's amazing. I jump in it to move it around in the driveway to shuttle the cars around. <laughs> and I think, damn, this is a really nice car. Okay, right? literally, oh, this is nice. I look around, it's got more features than anything I've ever driven. <laughs> so I think, well, I'll drive it around my neighborhood. Like I'll drive it two blocks down and back up the other side. I ended up going on a 20 minute drive. <laughs> nice work there, Hyundai. That's a pretty sweet little ride I bought used for. 28,000 bucks. Now, now though, let's go, let's be Hyundai and let's be everybody else who sells a nice car for your mother. Okay. There you go. What about your service? So let's, let's talk about another critical area, which is your service station. Mm -hmm. So this is another way that experience works. When you're thinking about service, you're thinking about making your clients happier, which on its own doesn't sound like a really bad idea, does it? I want to make you happier. Well, okay, you do. But let me show you a better way to do it. What I want you to think about doing is instead of increasing satisfaction, I want you to think of decreasing sacrifice. Mm, okay. So here's a, this is supposed to hurt everybody when you listen, okay? And I'm not trying to be a mean guy. I just like to say it like it is. With absolutely no empirical data to back up my opinion, I would like to share this with you. I think the typical average automotive client brings their car to the mechanic four times before they determine all on their own that this guy is ripping me off and I'm going to go to a new guy. <laughs> I think it's four times. It is. It does. It takes a few times to realize, go, what the heck was that? Yeah. And pity the mechanic. Cause I also believe this, I'm probably not getting ripped off. No, no. In fact, he's probably handed 
he's probably knocking stuff off my bill that I don't even know about so that he doesn't lose me as a client. Yep. I'm not even going to charge him the 18 bucks for this stupid thing. I'll just eat it. You know what I mean? Because I want to keep the visual of that bill at under a certain level. Okay. So let's, let's think about the pay, bringing your car in and sacrifice. Right now, they're not too bad, right? Service. They got a shuttle car to bring me. But yep. here's, here's two ideas. The first one is attainable. Anybody can do it now. The second idea is a little more ambitious, but it's worthy of some exploration. So here it goes. Imagine if every single mechanic was given an iPhone. Yep. And a selfie stick, which I also have, but it's in the backseat of my Jeep. <laughs> Damn, I could have held it up. So imagine I'm fixing your car and we're just going to stick with Hyundai's and you said yep. the Hyundai Elantra. So I'm working on this thing and I look and I see something needs to be replaced. So what I do, and this takes all the training of five seconds is I turn on the iPhone video recorder. <laughs> I look at it and I say, Hit the button. You start. Hi, Mr. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Harris. My name is Dennis and I'm the technician here at Hyundai. I'm working on your car. And this is what I'm seeing, and this is what I'm doing. I'm going to show it to you, and I film it, right? There it is down there. And I say, I'm going to replace it. Or I say, I'm not replacing this right now, but I want to bring it to your attention. In six months, when you put your winter tires on before Christmas next year, sir, you got to get this thing looked at again, okay? Now, fast forward to me getting the bill. What's the bill usually? It's this dot matrix printer Yep. You can believe it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it still is. It still is. Like, yeah. What? That's the technology you're willing to see? What's running the motor? Hamsters? Anyway, <laughs> it's a dot matrix printer that prints hard to find, and the whole thing just adds up. It's the impression. It's not the truth. It's the impression. The impression is, you're screwing me. Somewhere in this list of stuff is nonsense. There's no story. There's nothing for me to consume. I mean, it's just like you said, just dotted lines with numbers on it. I mean, there's no, there's no girth. There's no hair. Now nothing to grab on. I got a video. Yep. So I get the bill and I go, okay. And the technician says, yeah, now listen, there's a YouTube. We have a YouTube channel at the dealership. Yeah. And your file yeah, and you make it real simple and easy, you know, is M double is, you know, I, I don't want to name my dealership I deal with, Ottawa this, you know, Ottawa dealership, MW, my last name, one. That's where it is, Mr. Mosley. I'm putting it right here on your receipt. Go look at it. If you want to get really good, you get me to look at it ahead of time. But either way, I can review you. Oh, I see what you're doing with my car. I don't know why they wouldn't do that. Now, that's that's something every mechanic can do. What are you doing? Like there's two kinds of customer loyalty. There's the loyalty of obligation and fear. That's yeah. what dealerships have. Well, I, it's a, I'm going to bring it to the dealership. I, you know, I, it, it's a Honda. They fix Hondas. All the dealerships have done a good, you know, we all, I, I like to bring my car to a Chrysler guy. That's me. Sure. I'll be crazy. I like to, I tell the story I tell myself is he's a Jeep nut too. Oh, he's going to appreciate well, how muddy my Jeep is. He gets it, you know? Yeah, all of, that course, stuff. of course, that makes sense. So there's obligation and fear. Yeah, and you know what? If I go to the other guy, the other, I don't know them. They don't know me. I don't know if that guy's doing this. These guys, the devil you know, when they say it's going to be done at the end of the day, they mean it at least today. That guy, he could mean tomorrow. I don't know what the hell that's all about. Mm -hmm. Fear, obligation, right? 
There's another kind of loyalty, and that loyalty is connection and identity. And that is the kind of loyalty you want to have. When you have customers that have feel connection and identity with you, they don't want to hear about anybody else. No, no, no. They're, they're, they're selling. The, the guy's got to sign up. He says, <laughs> if you just bring him the offer from the dealership you're working with, he will read it and offer you the same deal and save you a thousand bucks. He'll give you a thousand bucks. Clients who are loyal because of connection identity, they don't care. No, 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 no. It's because I've built brand equity with that individual or with that business. All right. And it's no different than when you take in your vehicle and get serviced by the Jeep guy is that you trust that, that he is going to take care of you because of that connection that you have with each other. And I'm going to have more of a connection. I'm arguing if I see a video he makes. Oh, 100%. So the cool thing is to to your point, right? Is that you know, in the service department, this is already happening. You know, mm-hmm. we, we already kind of mentally do this. Well, you know, I'm not going to tell him he needs to replace this part right now because, you know, he can usually go another six months with it. But if I'm not communicating that story, and then, like you said, to your point, the, the only story I'm getting is this dot metrics, you know, invoice of, you know, words and numbers, and that's it. And I'm not yeah. really, per, I'm not increasing the perceived value of continuing to do business with it. And, and that's every right. single transaction every transaction all the way from the service to a part that I buy to a phone call that I make, we're always having to look to how do we increase the perceived value of our business within the consumer's eyes. That's it. And it becomes a cool story too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, well, yeah. You want to share it just like you did. Right? One of those you go, you know, <laughs> wait, what? what did, sorry. What did you say? <laughs> the mechanic made the video. Cool. Okay. Now listen to this. We sort of talked about what is the experience economy? Yes. We talked a little bit about why, why the experience economy, which is the idea that like, you know, because that's where people find value now in, in, and what the heck is an experience? I said, it's not service. So think of it this way. If you've ever been a guest of a business and you've said, um, wow, like positively, wow, I am never going to forget this. Yep. You've had an experience. If you've ever been a guest of a business and said, I'll never be the same again, <laughs> you've had a transformation. That oh, that's a good point. Porsche trip I'm going on, that, my friend, literally, you know what's crazy? Rather <laughs> than buy a Porsche, I'll end up doing like 10 of those trips. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. But, what, but it's you, also a guided transformation. Walking, yeah, you're going to be a walking billboard for the brand. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 that, that, that story is pay me to go for the ride and write about it. No, seriously though, that story is going to be so rich and mm-hmm. we love collecting and sharing stories with others that mm-hmm. you may turn in, you may turn two or three of your friends into Porsche owners. Absolutely. They all want to go. <laughs> so, so let's, let's talk then about how, well, how do you do it? How do you do experience economy? I own a dealership or maybe I'm a buddy that owns. No, I, I don't. I'm a mechanic. I'm go. a friend of a dealership owner. He sends me all kinds of work. I'm, I'm Jim's mechanic on Main Street Anywhere USA. Great. Anybody listening, doesn't matter. I'm not even in the automotive business. I ride the bus and I'm a florist. Well, it doesn't matter. Welcome to the podcast. You can learn something today. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so here's how experience works. What is it? It's a reference to a big shift in the economy where now the experience is the predominant economic offering. Fantastic. 
Why do we do it? Because that's what people want. They want to be engaged. They want connection. They want identity. Okay, how do we do it? So you do it this way. You identify the key areas in your business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're a car dealership, it's the, it's the lot itself. It's the showroom itself. It's the service area. And it's the receiving reception area where the client can sit around and wait. Yep. What you're asking yourself. So understand this. The experience has nothing to do with the product. No. Nothing. A great point and something that we really need to drive home. This is true because so the example that Joe Pine, author of the experience economy that he uses and that I use, but not without giving the godfather his due. Of course. (laughs) Joe uses the example of um, the gumball wizard machine. It's a gumball machine and everybody's seen one. And on the bottom of it, there's a clear um, plastic cylinder. So that when you, when the customer turns the handle to get the gumball, instead of getting the gumball, they get this spiraling demonstration as the gumball rolls through the cylinder and you see it come out the bottom. A little bit of fun for the kid kind of idea. So there's there's three things that are really important about this. The first is the spiraling does not in any way improve <clears throat> the gumball. No. Nope. nope. <laughs> Nor does it, does it improve the service. You you could argue it actually hinders the exper- the service because you get it later. Like you don't get it right away. You actually got to wait. So it's slower and it doesn't change it. It does not like it does anything to the gumballs. Not re- it's just a show, a very true. low level show business. I recognize now here's the third thing and the most critical, but precisely because of the spiraling, which has nothing to do with the product, the product has more value to the customer. It does because it's perceived. Perceived. It's so perce- when a person goes into the car dealership, if one of the impressions you want to make is that it's high end and you're high end and everybody here is a VIP with a VIP life and a place to be and you got to get there fast looking fashionable, suddenly having a cafe in on the premises and a fantastic espresso latte maker, et cetera, wins. There is a giant car dealership in downtown Honolulu. Okay. Uh Like my client, John took me there when I was there for a meeting last year. He goes, Oh, I'm, I know where I'm taking you for lunch. We went in, there was Triumph motorcycles, Maseratis, Alfa Romeos, Lamborghinis, Bentleys. It was like every car I've never seen in the flesh all in one room together. Ready? There was a barber shop and a men's clothing store and a restaurant and a cafe. (laughs) That's an experience. <laughs> That's an experience. Holy and part God. of experience is creating a desire for your client to want to linger. So I know yes. of a place in the United States. It's a series of garages. And I can't believe I didn't think of this earlier to look up their name, but it can't be hard to find Google land. It's a series of garages. Get this. It's like half the drivers in the world are women and 5% of them are mechanics. This is a garage where all the mechanics are women. There's a cafe on in every one of them, and there's a salon in every one. That's so awesome. while your car's getting fixed, you can get your nails done, you can have a sandwich, you can have a coffee. Which, has, no, which has nothing to do with you getting your nothing. oil. Has nothing to do whatsoever. Nor does the motif. So the motif is the look of the place. So all of the mechanics, when they're working, they're sort of in a costume to look like, if you know who Rosie the Riveter is. Yes. Yeah. So it's this, it's this fantastic thing. Ford world in Houston, Texas is themed like a NASCAR pit stop. So there you go. Yeah. It's an experience. So if I had a car dealership 
this is what I would want to do. This would be my like, mm, the future. Let's think, mm-hmm. let's think. So I would separate the service center into an entirely different building and location. I'd agree with that. Totally makes sense. Put the cars and the fantasy. No, who wants to be reminded that this beautiful thing, oh, like as you're buying your beautiful one, you're seeing another one getting wheeled in the back. Oh yeah, it's just a very good point. Very good point. If you reach your hand underneath your gorgeous wheels, they're going to be black and disgusting like the underside of a ship. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's road grime and That's gross. Totally true. Though. Okay, now watch this. Hey, when people show up, let's do the dealership first. Pick up, let's pick Ford. Ford. Okay. I don't want to get in trouble with what I'm about to say here. Nah, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Last time somebody want. told me that I was looking for work. Okay, here it goes. <laughs> no, no, no one's gonna notice. Say it. Just tweet it. It's 140 characters. Yeah. It's Easter. Everybody loves Easter. Okay, so here it goes. <laughs> Ford. When you go into a Ford, this is what I do. There's four realms of experience. One of them is fun, entertainment. One of them is education. Every car dealership could teach everybody how to change their oil. Yep. Every car dealership could teach everybody road safety, how to change a tire. What do you do if you're on a flat, right? Oh, yeah. Anybody could. Oh, yeah. You could organize it at your dealership. You could say, you know. But there's, ba- there's, there's value in that. Too. I'm Dennis Mosley Williams, the lead <laughs> technician of, you know, such and such Honda Ottawa. And here's my little tip on how to do this. You know that show Motoring? Motoring 91, 92. Yeah. I've watched it my whole life. I've been watching it since that mechanic had brown hair. It's a great show. I Everybody could make those. So there's entertainment, there's education, there's escapism, and there's aesthetic. So imagine this. You walk into the Ford dealership, but it's not a dealership. It's a center. You got one. It's a big one. And when you walk in, you walk into an assembly line from the turn of the 20th century, (laughs) where they're making Model T Fords, you know, obviously, um, whatever you call that, replicas of them with plastic pieces and everything. And all the men that are making them are dressed up in period clothes. They're just making these things. When they have lunch, they sit down on the line and eat lunch out out of a wooden box. Why wouldn't there be that? Why wouldn't there be an area you know, for corporate events that has video games. It's like, come on, we can drive this car. We can virtual reality this. I'm talking about going to Spain and driving a Porsche. It's called Forza on your Xbox. Like, what are you telling me? I've been playing, I've been driving through Spain in fast cars for 15 years already. Exactly. There should be a museum in there, a restaurant, a lounge, and everything until they literally say, (laughs) do you have any cars around here to buy? It's like, oh yeah, the cars are memorabilia. We have them over there. We want you. We want you to embrace this experience. All right. And you know, the, the cool thing with the experience is that we are not afraid to pay for the experience. Correct. So I think I think what it is when dealerships hear this and they're like, like Dennis, this is great idea. Like I love this, but how's this going to pay my bills? But you know, and I know, customers pay for experiences. We yeah. want to pay for experiences. You That's know? it. We'll pay, you know, that few extra dollars more every payment or that extra hundred dollars, a few hundred dollars or whatever it is to work with this dealership because this dealership has the experience. That dealership down the, look, the bottom line is the consumer's expectations that we just don't meet the expectation. We have to now exceed the expectation. That's what the new baseline is. Yep. 
is we have to right. exceed it. And we do we can do that through developing out an experience, which thus creates a story. And people love sharing these stories and they want to no different than your friend. When you said you were going down there, he knew instantaneously where he was taking you. He wanted to share that story with you. He wanted you to be a part of that narrative. That's exactly it. And <laughs> if we're not going to get the experience, so and you're correct. It's so what I what I'm saying is, hey, if you're if you own a car dealership, car dealership, would you turn away a thousand bucks from a guy that wanted to bring 15 people in for two hours for a meeting in the afternoon and play with your video game machines and look at and get a tour of the car? Imagine if you're the dealership owner the or the the experience center owner. Yeah. And you say, yeah, by the way, do you guys want to see a Shelby? You sticking with Ford? Do you guys want to see a Ford GT40? Do you want to see one? <laughs> like, it's, it's, the whole thing is a stage. And meanwhile, yes. it's great big center. What's paying for it is people are getting their cars fixed there. And you should have a cafeteria for them. And it should be really nice. Now, the other thing I mentioned is I would separate the two businesses into different locations. Mm -hmm. So imagine this. Now you have all your people and they're getting their cars fixed. And you have cubicles and Wi-Fi, so you don't even have to worry about driving me to work. I'll bring my car to the fix-it center and stay there all day long and work, just like it's an airport lounge. Get my work done, and when my car's ready, I'll leave with Why it. not? I, I go to the airport early just for that. I, can I usually I, I get my little hour or two in before I hit the plane, and then I feel like I'm good on the plane. You know, It's a, it's a testament to truly to the, to the experience that Air Canada provides. Yes, I mean, 100%. You, you don't show up to U.S., <laughs> based airports early to hang out in their lounge i assure you no but no go to the one here in ottawa i will go there and hang out for two hours and work there i do the exact and same I, here in toronto it's and i don't thing. shy away from that one in pearson well, oh you have a three-hour layaway it's like no problem yeah no. I, I got no beef with it i'm good <laughs> yep it's quiet works absolutely so cars in general like you know i i keep thinking about all this autonomous driving right and aerodynamics and i think cars are going to be neat like right now, oh, yeah. think about this. It's like it's a it's a four-door car with five, you know, four seats, five people can sit in there and what have you. And we're all looking the same way. So we're all going in that direction. I gotta drive it. What's the future of a car when I don't have to drive it? Like when it's oh. sort of a stagecoach. When it's only, experience. When yep. the only thing it has to be is aerodynamic and quiet. <laughs> so still there's going to be differentiating of, of you know goods and uh, features and benefits vis-a-vis -vis products i.e uh, we'll use all the high-end brands well presumably the mercedes-benz completely aerodynamic nondescript pod yeah. driving itself through space can you imagine what the interior of that thing is going to look like no it's gonna be amazing it's gonna and be an want, in itself it would be perhaps it's all movie screens yeah, so you're just in it, driving through space or water or jellyfish, <laughs> or maybe you want it to look like a stagecoach. Like I have no idea, but I find that fascinating, and I find the future of ownership in the car business pretty interesting. Ride sharing, car club, all mm -hmm. that kind of thing, I find really neat. I'll tell you when I was re so here you are commoditization, right? So at the end of the day, it's really really fun to, <laughs> you know, at, at first my trip to Europe started this way. I thought about doing it all on my own and I will share with you that I thought, Hey, you know, it would be cool to um, follow the route that the easy company followed from sort of, Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. That'd be really cool. I'll follow that. And then I thought, Oh, and I'll, I'll go to Hertz and rent a <laughs> Porsche. No different than a European fellow, let's say flying to the United States and saying, 
I drove an Mustang. American Corvette in down Las Route Vegas. Six. Like it was the thing to do, right? It's that I get it, you know. So just here, I'll three scenarios. So I'm like, okay. So I check it out and I get on Hertz. And candidly, it's kind of complicated. I'm looking and I don't know the country very well. So it's like, you know, where, where do you want to pick it up? This airport, this airport, this town. Like, oh, it's too hard right now. I got to look at a map to do this, you know. So I mentioned to someone at my, I keep an office near my house here. And um, I mentioned what I'm doing to one of my office mates. He goes, oh, have you heard of, is it like Turo or something like that? Yeah, I actually just did one this week and it was awesome. Oh, they proved my point. So I look up and guess what? I find a guy in Berlin who will rent me a 1976 911 <laughs> for 75 euros a day. I okay, so I just I, I was just in Vegas, yeah, and um, I wanted to have some fun and do some podcasts and create some unique content. I'm yeah. a classic car junkie, like I just yeah. love classic cars. So uh, literally on the way there, I found a guy who rented me his 1955 T-Bird, all Dream. original T-Bird Dream. convertible. I just yes. I cruised the whole, I cruised the strip, I filmed it with some friends, and it it, it was amazing. It was so awesome. Well, here it is. So this is the deal. So I looked, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll do this all in Hertz. Then it became, wait a second, you know, <laughs> heck with you Hertz, cut you out. Yeah. Monetization. Here's a guy named Ben. <laughs> My guy's name was Mike. A, a British racing green with a brown, like brown leather interior, 1976, 911. And I can plan the whole damn thing on my own. Yep. Then I end up at, uh, on the, on the, you know, ground zero, <laughs> I go right to the Porsche website and I think, wait, no, I, and I don't even know about it, but it's like, Oh, don't they do something like that? Shouldn't they I do something in. like that? <laughs> okay. And I find it. And it's like, now that is an experience. Look at, it's not just the car and it's not just the service of look, I'm going to rent it. It's all going to be cool. We're going to book your hotel rooms. We're going to organize your meals. You're just going to be giant children. Yes. We're allowed to drink. We're gonna yes. drink. we're gonna drag you around, and you can drink wine with your dinner. Okay, yep. you're allowed to do whatever the hell you want, but ultimately you have to follow me all day long. Yep. I'm gonna walk into the hotel and check you in, and I've done everything. All you did was recite your Visa card number. Now bring it to Earth. You're a car dealership now. You gotta. You could organize these trips if you're the Porsche guy. Why aren't you organizing this? Okay, now wait. It gets even better. You got people that buy transportation. You got people that buy cars. You should know the difference. You should know who's into it. So, you know, maybe you're like, yeah, I don't sell Porsches. It's like, no, you sell Grand Cherokees. You got a bunch of people you can organize a trip for? Well, see, that's, it all comes down to experience, right? I mean, it's no different than um, I have a uh, Chrysler dealership and um, with their entire caravan, their Dodge Grand Caravan uh, audience, they create a um, once every summer they do a Grand Caravan Experience Day. Love it. Where you know they they bring them out to a big park. They, of course, there's bouncy castles all over the place. Yeah. There's entertainment. At night, they go to a, a local drive-in, and it's literally nothing but just Dodge Grand Caravans for the entire thing. And it's just all the all hatches are open, all the kids are in there, and it's it's you know it's it's under a day. It's less than a day, right? Yep. But, creates an experience around it you're not just buying a dodge grand caravan from them you're also being able to buy the opportunity to participate in this real fun local experience you're you're doing i'm like okay so you're ready <laughs> so you can do it you can do it with any product shows. that's the point Ron. right you watch talk shows you're always disappointed to find out that you know what every time you watch like you know 
the whatever show. <laughs> Can you tell I don't watch a lot of late night TV? I almost oh, said no. Johnny Carson. I know you almost did. And David Letterman, <laughs> who I love. And I know I love his show, you know, my, my, my next guest. When you find out later you're crushed to discover that they film it twice, and you realize yes. you're not watching a spontaneous conversation. You're like, oh, and it sort of ruins it. Okay, this is a spontaneous conversation. Okay, you ready? I also want to dodge caravan. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I do. It's a, it's a lovely silver that. model. I call it the silver potato. <laughs> silver potato. And, you know, there's other oh, stigma with the minivan, right? Oh, you know, yeah, and it's a awesome. And when you, it's got stone go seating. It's, it's, it's awesome. The best. And it's amazing awesome. <laughs> and we have a cottage, two kids and a dog. Yep. You can put all the seats down and put four by eight sheets of plywood in it. Yeah, it's called my pickup truck, brother. And I love it. And it's got 10 million miles on it. It runs like a top. Now, having said that, if you invited me, hey, on Saturday night, do you want to come to the drive-thru for a, for, a, for a client appreciation Dodge Caravan, such and such, bring blankets, do whatever, This we're screening whatever? I'd go. And I'm not <laughs> yeah, saying that you're, right? you're also solving my problem. <laughs> what the hell am I going to do with these kids, you know, this weekend? It's, a, it, it's perfect, isn't it? It, Look, so, so, so it? it doesn't matter what product you have. I mean, when I know we've, we've used the example of Porsche, but you can easily do this with pretty much any product out there. You know, I have another dealership that, um, and they're a Subaru dealership. That, and in the Subaru dealership, there are a lot of dog lovers. So mm -hmm. the dealership is incredibly dog friendly. Like mm -hmm. very, very, yeah. very dog friendly, right? And they schedule, I think they, they do three dog events, dog friendly events where they take over the entire dog park and they, they, they bring down, you know, some local people, you know, and they're also yeah. doing adopt, you know, adopt a pet that day as well. And it's just, again, it's just, it's understanding who your audience, I think that's what key is. Can it's you imagine your experience, understand your audience? It is. And it's also <laughs> some faith in being willing to try some stuff that might not work and think, and every time you think to yourself, dealers listening to this, it's just my idea is goofy. It's got nothing to do with, with selling cars. It's like, yeah, it's because you're on the right track. Keep thinking that way. For instance, I just had this thought while you were talking, literally. I was thinking, yeah, I live like behind me is north, okay? Mm -hmm. Gatineau Park is right there. Beautiful park. Amazing. Gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's like, there's so many nice car rides outside of this town. It's ridiculous. Ottawa's undiscovered, right? It's like, yeah, if you were a car dealership, what if you had 10 picnic baskets? Yeah. Everybody thinks it's a great idea to do. It's like, you don't want to go buy a picnic basket. No. <laughs> you know, and then what, store it and use it once every four years? It's fun once. No, just like renting a dog. Imagine if you had this thing. It's all your entire dealership experience is based around human transportation, fun, using the car, and who does the car help you be? Imagine if you had, I got two-day trips, three-day trips, self-driving things, you can go and take yourself and see this. Like just everybody listening, think about your own town. What's a two-night trip from your town? What's a good day trip? What's a yeah. where? What can you go? What can you see? Imagine if you generously put that all together. Imagine if you let everybody know when they bought a car, when they brought, did service, whatever, you know, you can call us and reserve the picnic basket. Imagine if you partnered <laughs> That's actually a good one. Imagine if you partnered up. with a catering place. So here in Ottawa, my wife likes to use this place called uh, Red Apron. Nice. I'd be in trouble. Yep. Sherry will say to me later, I use Red Apron, I use this one and this one. Oh, I didn't give them all shout outs. But I know Red Apron. <laughs> Imagine if you let everybody know, we have a partnership with Red Apron. Call us, reserve this, okay? And yeah, we're going to charge you for it, but we're going to charge you... The technical term is dick. We're going to charge you like 50 bucks. 
Like nothing. And cost. You can, and you can pick up this. You this go to Red Apron and pick it yeah, up. You or you come to the deal, sport. whatever it is. Yep. Just return it to the dealership. What are you doing? You're giving them a reason to come back to the dealership. You're giving them a reason to talk about you. If you're pick, let's who, who haven't we talked about? Chevy. Yep. Somebody comes and buys your Chevy Cruze from you and they love the car. And their friend says, do you really love the car? And they go, I love the car. Now they're going to buy a Chevy Cruze. They're not going to buy it from Dave. No. <laughs> I want them to say, I love my Chevy Cruze and you got to buy it from Dave who I just saw the other day when I handed him back the picnic basket or whatever the hell it is. Exactly. Yeah, picnic yeah. basket. It could be um, tents. Who actually wants to buy a tent? You're going to use it once this year. That's right. right? It's going to cost you 500 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Who the hell wants it? Correct. You who don't wants want to buy it. the damn thing? That's right? right. A dealership to go out and buy four or five of these things to keep at the dealership and literally allow people to check them out during the weekends. I mean, come on. That is so simple, so easy, right? But the perceived value, though, is huge. huge. So now, now let's, t- let's tie some, this is a beautiful idea. Now, that's a really good idea. Now, tie all this together. Of course, I'm Ottawa-centric, right? So it's like I remember standing in the Chrysler dealership near my house, middle of the summer. I looked at it was a Dodge Dart. And I looked at it and said to the guy, July ago, you should put a ski rack on that and downhill skis. He goes, you think so? And I went, yes. Yeah, the first thing I thought it was, that's a wicked little ski car right there. Oh man, that would get me where I want to go easy, you know? So let's tie a few of these things together, right? Yep. So it's like, you got your service guy making videos. And every time you talk to anybody, you tell them about all this stuff that you can borrow. Every time anybody uses it, you social media hashtag it. Yep. Hashtag Camaro, hashtag Caravan, hashtag all those products, whatever it is, right? Yep. And then you have your owner who's saying, you know, who does a little sort of five-minute impact video on what cars are all about and what makes them cool and amazing and interesting. And, you know, you, you stage stuff. You use that. You, the dealership has to be something other than a place that's full of inventory yes. and offers on financing. And that's what we're trying to drive home. This is, I know guys, we've had, if you're listening to this, you're watching this, me and Dennis have had a lot of fun, you know, we've tossed back some ideas and we talked about some examples out there, but at the end of the day, this, this is what it comes down to, you know, is that we got to provide more value than just the product or service we sell. That's it. And the value is an experience and an experience isn't a service. An experience is something that engages you and we're, and, and is novel. You said, this is really yeah. cool. I'm never going to forget it. <laughs> No, I you know? really wouldn't, right? Like I can hear myself saying to someone now, like, no, me, Sherry, Ellen, Mia, got in the van, went to the dealership. I picked up this picnic basket. Now it can't be, here you go. It's got to be like. No, it's like, here it is. Holy Jesus. If yeah, I can like, say that. <laughs> of course. Right? Like, oh my God. Oh no. It was all in partnership with this. Do you know, you know, Fancy Pants Caterer Inc.? No, no. They do all, you know, it was amazing. I, you, the, it must have been, you know, the blah, 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 blah. That's the story you want to hear. 100%. It's the story you want. If you own the business, the last thing you want, you are what you charge for. So you can charge Good for point. cars. You can charge for service. And if you do, do it well. Good service. Get that video worked in there, right? Like anticipate. Zero in on the areas of sacrifice. Ask yourself how you can make it better. I got rid of the shuttle car. I send everybody in Ubers, right? Yes, like, yes, I love that too. You go immediately, just go. Plus, you don't have to have a guy all tied up driving a shuttle. <laughs> That's right. You could be instead making picnic baskets. <laughs> there you go. But at the end of the day, the experience is your best marketing. 
100%. How you make customers feel and the story that they're going to tell about you to other people. That's going to sell way more cars than anything else. Starbucks never has to advertise. Apple never has to advertise. Those nope. products and the experience sells itself. 100%. And Dennis, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. Right on, for anybody who's watching this or listening to this right now and let, let, would like to learn more about what you do and how, how they can connect with you, what's the easiest way to do so? Um, probably by visiting my website. And that's, uh, it's mosleywilliams.com. M-O-S-E-L-E-Y williams.com. And, we'll make sure uh, we put that link and way that too file. much of me is there. <laughs> Again, Dennis, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me. I had a lot of fun. Thanks, brother. Me too, Jason. Thanks for asking, man. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. Cheers, bro. Bye. We covered a bunch of great topics today. What stood out most to you? Be sure to let us know in the comment section below. And don't forget to like the post and share it to keep the conversation going. You can follow Jason on all social media platforms by following Strategy with Jason. You can find him pretty well everywhere you can share content. I hope we were able to get you thinking. And until the next time, this has been Nathan with Digital Dealership Solutions. Have a great day.